Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 115. My name is Jeff. And with me tonight, DW. Man, you're looking good every single week. How do you do it? Coconut oil. Is that so? Oh, yeah. Just rub it all over your body. Interesting. Yeah, good for you. I had no idea. Yep, really. That yep, explains that, a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know what you mean by that. So I'm sure people that use coconut oil are like, yeah, see, they're looking at their spouse. I go, see, I told you that. Coconut oil, that's good for your stuff. My wife used it when she was pregnant. I mean, it's got to help somehow. Yeah, well, I've never been pregnant. And yeah, I, I know. Yeah, but it gives me kind of a glow. <laughs> well, you're glowing. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I would actually use the word glistening. Thank you very much. A little uh, bit glistening is a good word for people that are almost 60 years old, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jason's with us tonight. Welcome back, man. It's good to see you. Oh, it's always good to be here. It's always fun. And, and you good. don't look quite as good, but it, I'm glad you're here. Well, I, I'll, I'll take that as yeah, a compliment. because I don't think you use coconut oil, personally. Uh, I don't rub it all over my body. You don't? No. <laughs> but I do use coconut oil. Do you ever, like, crush up peeps and put them on? Uh, I've never thought That would about be that. disgusting, wouldn't that it? That would be. That would be a sticky situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't use peeps for anything. Um, do you, would, it, would wild animals... You could probably use it to start a fire. Target would, practice? Yeah, Target would, practice would wild cigars? animals eat peeps? I think we have to have an experiment. Yeah, we'll have to try that. Would, here's a question. Right. If you were on an island and the only edible thing on the island was a peep, would you eat it? No. So you'd die? I would. Wow. That's, that's... Yes. I, I have had a peep before. <laughs> well, you're still alive. <laughs> I know. But it was years ago when I was young. Now you're glistening. And, when I was young and foolish. <laughs> so, but, but no, I don't think so. I, you know, there's, there's a limit to what a man has to do. And uh, nobody has to eat a peep. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Especially a stale peep. No, nobody has to do that. And why would I be on an island anyway? Anyway, I mean, that's so theoretical. Why would I be on an island? Well, because that's the way it always goes. Yeah, but I live in the, in the north woods of Wisconsin, the cold. And when I go on vacation, we go, like, downhill skiing in colder climates. I, I never go to warmer climates for anything. Well, it's El Nino. Yeah, I you guess never so. Know. I guess so. <laughs> I could end up on an island somewhere. You're right. There are islands in Sawyer Lake. I could end up there, but I don't think I would be stranded. Or maybe I wasn't talking about a literal island. You weren't. Ooh. Ooh, this is getting really deep. Ooh, deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, tonight we are going to wrap up our reframing series and talking about reframing success. And with success is something we don't like to talk about, and that is failure. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about that. We hope that you would join us on the Tweetback tonight. We are hanging out on Twitter. Share your thoughts with us. Maybe share some experience, some stories you have on the Tweetback tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio Tweetback. We're firing it up. And you can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. But, you know, guys, we've seen some examples over the last few weeks that I think aren't necessarily a surprise to anybody. Every human being on this planet has failed in some way, shape, or form. Some of those failings, some of those shortcomings are, you know, things that we aren't proud of, but they haven't really caused us a, a lot of grief or a lot of pain in our life. Some definitely have. We've seen some examples. Uh, Steve Harvey recently was hosting the Miss Universe competition, and believe it or not, he actually announced the wrong woman who won the Miss Universe pageant. And this is a huge deal. It comes down to the last thing. They do all this stuff. They you know, have to give a speech about how they're going to save the world and save all the whales or whatever. And then they go in and they don't have for, to don't do... Don't forget bring peace. Well, bring peace. Yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. So they go through this whole pageant, get to the very end, and you announce the wrong winner. That's like... You know, I heard that, and all I did was smile. I thought, that's hilarious. It I, is, I right? Thought, I, mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah, because it it's funny. so human of somebody, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Who, sure. who gets mad at people for being human, honestly? 
Well, the funny thing, it's it's the thing in the back of your mind, like you always wonder if anybody's yeah. ever done that, and now it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, people are human. I mean, there are some areas where we feel like people cannot make mistakes. Is there any human being that ever walked the planet that cannot make a mistake or that will not make a mistake? We're going to talk about that. Another person that failed recently, and I know, Jason, you'll like this, us Packer fans, we kind of... I guess maybe gloated a little bit too much. Maybe we felt some kind of pain for this as well, but Blair Walsh from the Minnesota Vikings missed an easy field goal to win the game in the wild card game just a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, I, I felt a little bit sad for him. I mean, it was one of those where it was like, Oh, you know, being an athlete, I know how much time you put into it. And one moment defines your season almost. And it can, it doesn't have to, but some people see that as the ultimate end where it's like that. It couldn't have gone any worse yeah. for a team there. You know, I, I, I was watching. I, I, I mean, I didn't watch that. I didn't see that part, but I saw the replay several times. And, you know, I kept thinking those stinking Seahawks, you know, somehow they keep squeaking by and, and winning somehow. And, and that's part of their legacy at this point is they keep doing these scabby things. So I didn't mind them losing the Super Bowl <laughs> last year by a scabby thing. I, however, <laughs> the, the idea really bothered me it was like this guy was a good guy i mean he's been faithful all year he's been kicking well to miss a field goal like that was so human and so like oh no yeah moment you know like this is not this guy's norm well and something that we'll talk about but think of all the successful field goals he's had in the season extra points to get him to that point even in the game nobody's thinking that nobody's thinking that right now he had three field goals already in that game nobody's thinking that though he made 75 percent of his field goals. And, of course, the one that mattered was the one that didn't so go So would you go to a doctor that made 75% successful surgeries? Oof. Uh, I'd look for a second opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me ask you this, though. Just put it in perspective. Is there any doctor out there, medical doctor, that will not make a mistake? Probably not. No, I, I would say assuredly not. Yeah. I mean, when you look at malpractice and, and all of that, I mean, people so, make the wrong so call. Basically, well, that's why they call medical practice. Yeah. Yes. So basically, you're hoping they make it on somebody else. Essentially. <laughs> well, you don't want to be the guinea pig. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, nobody like, wants to be first in line. I feel so sorry for guys that are doctors, ladies that are doctors. I mean, they are, they are being held to a perfection standard. And, and I don't think it's possible. I, I don't think they can be perfect. And I think we need to understand that when you go to them, that it is possible that they make a mistake. It is possible that they forget something. It is possible that they overlook something because they are human just like everybody else. And you're right. In some areas, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But in other areas, if you're going to be the one that's, that's going to kick the, the final field goal to win, to go on in the championship and you miss it, man, that's a big deal. Even though you've done great before. If you're a great surgeon and, and you've done 100 surgeries absolutely perfectly, Everything's turned out. You have saved 100 lives, and I'm your 101st patient, and you mess up, you're a bum. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and I'm not sure we should treat people that way. Or dentists. Or guys who wash your car. Every human being that walks the planet is going to make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I, this unrealistic expectation of us thinking, man, this person cannot make a mistake, and, and we hold them to a standard. Uh, pastors of churches, they make mistakes. You know, politicians. Oh, we all know that. I shouldn't. Yeah, have we. There. Yeah, that's, that's like that's a given. <laughs> that's a given. You have like, to have a career of failure, don't yeah, you? Have to I get think into so. I politics. think that, that you end up being in politics after that. <laughs> that that's well established. Um, you know, I I just think that that sometimes we put a standard out there for ourselves and other people that is not attainable, and that causes an expectation that really bums us out eventually because you can't meet it. There's nobody that can. Um, even looks. The unfortunate thing is, and I'm not up to date on this, but I, I know that the people they put in models and that kind of stuff, they're, they're pretty well made up. I, I was once on television, and I could not believe what they did to my face. It was worse than coconut oil. I Oof. mean, uh, oh, my goodness. It was like I, I literally sat down at a chair, and they had air guns with powder in them. Hmm. And close your eyes. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, what would you just do to me? <laughs> and, and then I get up, and I look like plastic face man. You know, and, and yet on the screen, it looks real good. Yeah. And, and they, what they're doing is taking away any flaws as if they could find them, but they were taking them we away. They, they were taking them away, and I thought, you know what? No wonder people think there's a standard that can never be achieved. 
uh, these people are all made up here. So Tonight we're going to talk about reframing success as it relates to a byproduct of risk, and that is also the fact that you could possibly fail, and that many of us have. And we need to know that it's a part of life. We, we don't want to shy away from you know, the discussion of how you actually handle failure. We're going to talk about that on the show. And part of it is actually how we learn. We learn a lot of times through failure. So we're going to talk about this more here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works, that confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Chat with the live coach anytime at hopenet360.com, especially tonight if you're just dealing with some stuff. Maybe you've been in the midst of a season where you've just been making mistake after mistake, failure upon failure is heaping upon you. And you just don't know if you can bear the weight anymore. I've been there. There are a lot of people just like you who are in that same spot tonight. And if that's you, go and chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. Talk about it. Have a conversation. Failure is a part of life. But I want you to know, and we want you to know on the show, that there is always hope in the midst of our shortcomings, our mistakes, our failures, things that we thought we had the best of plans, best of intentions, and we still managed to fail along the way. And Dave, Jeff, Jason with you on the show tonight, guys. This is an interesting topic. It seems to come up over and over in some of our discussions, but also in discussions with other people, and especially young people. As a young person, I found it difficult to handle failure in my life. This is something that a lot of young people today really have a hard time grasping and understanding because I think we feel this pressure, not just of perfectionism and needing to do things perfectly, but just to actually make the grade. When we look at schools, uh, one key indicator of if I'm failing is if I have an F on my report card. You know, these are things that are really difficult if you're a kid who likes to be good in school, good at their, at their classes that when they get something below an 80% or a 70%, they think, man, I'm just, I'm failing. I'm, I must be a failure. Yeah. You know, here, here's an interesting thing about that. If you really get good grades, did you actually learn anything? Sometimes, yeah. You I mean, know, I learned a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. You know what's interesting? How about you, Jason? When, if you pursue the grade, can you actually work at getting a grade and not learn anything? I would say absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got, some subjects I did that. I think I got really good at that in college. You know, I took, I took three years of Spanish in high school. Three years. <laughs> I could say, hola, como estas? Yeah. Donde está el baño? Yeah, yeah right. That's, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's after three years. And then I got an <laughs> A every year in Spanish. You, you know what? When I was in college, believe it or not, my sophomore year, I was very discouraged. I was getting terrible grades. I felt like a failure. You know, I was... I, I did. In fact, it, it, I used to at Wheaton College go out to the 50-yard line in the middle of the night and just sit and cry. Because I thought, you know what? I can't keep up. I can't. I'm God. And, and I remember asking God this. Why did you create dumb people? I mean, why did you do that? Because I could not get a good grade for the life of me in that college. Mm-hmm. And I was a football player. And I, I almost concluded, well, some of us have to be dumb or there's no smart people. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a gift in a yeah. way. That, that. Well, what was interesting is before my junior year, I talked to some upperclassmen. And I was explaining my dilemma to them, and they said, well, your problem is you're actually trying to learn this stuff. And I looked at them and said, isn't that why we're here? <laughs> and they said, no, you're here to get good grades. And they sat me down, and they said, well, first of all, you got the wrong teachers. you got to pick the right teachers, and you got to give them what they want. Do you know my last two years I got straight A's? Wow. Because nice. I figured out how to do the system? Hmm. Now, I want to tell you something. I think when I was doing what everyone considered more failure, because at Wheaton College, A's are all that matter. So if you get a B, it's like jump off a cliff or something like that because, yeah. Don't do that. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't but do but that. that's what Wheaton College is like for me. I mean, it was like, man, you can't get a B, B minus, you can't do that. But getting C's, which is where I was at, yeah. it was even like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I found that I learned a whole lot more those first two years. Mm-hmm. And my last two years, what I did is learn how to manipulate the system to look like I was successful. Yeah. But I wasn't successful. 
And that really was something that stuck with me the rest of my life, that there's this appearance of success, but it's not success. And there's really some of us in our, quote, looking like failures are actually succeeding. I was going to say, maybe we don't really understand what failure is. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was learning tremendous things in those years. You know, the, the truth of the matter is I went to a, a, a Chicago public school. And again, you can learn. This is my issue. But I never even read a book in high school or grade school. Never did. I, I mean, I just didn't do it. So I went to college and I was a football player. And, and it's like the first semester, I had like 12,000 pages to read or something. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Yikes. How do you read all this stuff and play football and actually have a life? You know, I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. Well, I didn't do well then. However, I worked hard. I really did. And I worked hard at trying to figure it out. And I, I ended up going to the library a lot, working hard, a, a lot more than other guys. Well, I had to. I had to make up, you know, for years of neglect. Yeah. Well, you know what? I just didn't. I wasn't, I wasn't the academic kind. And I wasn't the academic person. And I really wanted to learn what I was learning. So I would slow down. I'd read it. I'd try and figure it out and try and get it. And then if I was reading stuff and learning stuff that the teacher was thinking something else, I, then I didn't do well on the tests. You know, well, didn't do well. I got a B, you know, <laughs> or a C, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, and, and then eventually I started looking at everybody else and saying, what a failure. But in reality, God was using that time to teach me. And, and to teach me how to learn and how to, you know, and, and I deserve some of it because of my laziness in high school, I think, academically. I, I had to come back to where I should have been. So some of it's well-deserved in, in that sense. No. But actually, when I look back on those years, those first two years is when I really learned a lot. And it was in the, the kind of framework of failure. And I, I don't think I was failing now that I look back. I think I failed the second two years more because I learned how to work the system, but I didn't learn anything. I just learned the system. And I appeared to be successful, yeah. but I really wasn't learning anything anymore. So are you releasing an ebook on the secret sauce to success at Wheaton College? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, to, needless to say, I've not been invited to speak at their chapel. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine how that would go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's have this guy there, and I would start off by saying, you know what I learned here? <laughs> basically that you you fail a lot and when you do you're probably learning and if you're really doing well you're probably playing the game so have a nice day yeah but yeah. see that that came back on me and when i was in high school i and for me i was in a private school and they just it was the first year they did a health class because it was like a new requirement or right. something in high school so i took this health class the problem was i did really terrible on my quizzes we had a weekly quiz and it was five questions now, just imagine you get one question wrong, 80%. Okay, right. no big deal. You get two wrong, you're down to 60%. Right. Dun, dun, dun. You get three wrong, yeah, you definitely failed. Yeah. And for me, I actually got a failing grade in my health class because I did so terrible on my quizzes that really? I couldn't even make up with it on my test. I've never met anyone that failed health. I know, and I had to go <laughs> I had to go you're to so my unhealthy. when I transferred to a, a public high school, I had to go to my guidance counselor and say, "Hey, can we work on something yeah. here?" And Coconut so oil. Yeah, that was definitely my answer yeah. there. No, a lot of a lot of frappuccinos <laughs> or something. But no, uh, but plain system. Uh, but no, this is this is one of those things that I think as young people are listening, they're like I I'm with you. I'm a terrible test taker. There are so many yeah. young people that are convinced that they're failing at school because they really are just terrible Absolutely. test takers. Absolutely, being able to take a test is a skill, and and I don't have that. By the way, not only don't I have that, I can't spell. I can't spell worth the lick. You know, if you're going to take off for spelling, I am going to be at the bottom of the pile. If you're going to take off for grammar, I still have to have everything proofed, you know. And when it's done, it comes back to me like all red. You know, <laughs> yeah. red marks here. And there. Did and you I, bleed and on this? What is this? Yeah, I'm looking at it going, and my wife happens to be my proofer, and I look at her and say, did you not understand what I said? <laughs> she goes, no, but it just wasn't said properly. And I thought, boy, I'm so glad I'm on radio. You know what? Right now, if, if there's supposed to be a comma in any of these sentences, I'm saying, just put them in there yeah. because I, I'm saying it. <laughs> we you know, don't. And I don't have to write it. and I don't have to make it like it looks right. And I, that drives me nuts. But I know everyone, all the students sitting out there going, this guy's an educator? <laughs> yeah, I am, actually. Um, and I love teaching. Yeah, but education to you is a little bit different than probably just reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah, but think about it now. We're talking about success and failure. I live for education. I live for it. That's what I do every day. Sometimes there are weeks where I, where I actually teach 16 times in a week, and I love every second of it. You put that in context of what I just said this segment. Yeah. 
That you means know? you don't. You probably don't script your classes too much. I, I, I certainly <laughs> don't script them like other people do. That's for sure. And I do teach a little differently. But but the, the goal is not. And I tell my students this all the time. It's not that you get a good grade in this class. It's that you actually learn something. And and you know what? I've changed uh, personally. I, I don't think there's bad students. I only think there's bad teachers. Now, when I'm a student, I change the role. There's no bad teachers, only bad students. <laughs> I always put the responsibility on myself. If I'm a teacher and you're my student and you don't learn, then that's my fault. If you do what I ask, by the way. If you don't do what I ask, I can't help you. Uh, and, and, and that's your responsibility. So I think, I think that sometimes we learn a tremendous amount. I'm glad I went through Wheaton College like that. And I'm glad I failed a lot in, in the eyes of, of the school anyway and people because I think it made me better at what I do today in education. And I do have a passion for education. I just don't have a passion for, like, a, the appearance of education. When we come back on the show, I want to talk about expectations in relation to success and failure. Because in some way, expectations do have, they are a big contributor to success and failure. I mean, if you're not measuring up to certain standards, that will define success. In some ways, it will define your, if you fail on something or if a project fails. So we want to talk about this when we come back. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. There you'll find just some helpful links, stuff we talk about, tweets, some of your tweets, and, of course, some other resources where you can go and discover some more about the topic we're talking about tonight on the show, which does happen to be reframing success in light of failure. And many of us have experienced failure. I think there is nobody really on this planet that's never experienced failure. I hate using double negatives. That's failing in my uh, English class right there. But there's nobody that lives that has never failed in their life. That happens. It's a part of life. But I think a lot of times our insecurity is bound by the times where we have failed. And so many guys that I talk to are really struggling with just this feeling of insecurity. And a lot of it is wrapped up in past failures, times where they've let down their guard or they've done something that they just regret. And it's caused, I guess, further stress or further regret in their life down the road. And sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes it's really not a big deal. I found that a lot of times when I thought I've failed in my life, it really wasn't a big deal after all, because I found that people have failed worse than I have. So failure in a way is kind of relative to me and to a lot of us by our own standards. But Dave, you talk a lot about expectations and I want to open up the dialogue and talk about how expectations really do shape our perspective on whether we succeed or fail in life. Yeah. I think when you look at any topic, I don't care what it is, you need to have the proper expectations. If you're if you're um, dating somebody, you're going to get married someday and you've never been married. You know, If you have the wrong expectation, that marriage could be a real wreck down the road because you're, you're thinking it's going to answer all your questions. and do all. The, the truth of the matter is you're taking two people who have never been married and you're getting them married and they're going to live together. And, and when they do, they're going to find out a whole host of stuff they never knew about before because they've never lived together before. So it's one of those things. Your expectation needs to be re, in, rooted in reality somehow. Uh, you guys both have kids. Jason, when your son began to walk, Mm-hmm. Did you expect him not to fall? I expected him to fall, yes. Yeah, but you didn't expect him to just start walking and then you know, gave him running shoes and he entered a marathon like the next week. No, nope, didn't happen. No. no. And you know what? If you had expectations different than that, you would have been totally disappointed. Mm-hmm. But when he gets up and he wobbles and falls, you kind of giggle. Yeah. Okay. Now, if I got up and wobbled and fall, would you giggle? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or you'd think there's something wrong. Well, it depends. Yeah, yeah because it <laughs> I just, just said you slipped under a coconut oil. Yeah, well, I could have. I could have. But, but the truth of the matter is expectations are different in life. You know, yeah. you, when somebody starts driving a car for the first time, they're going to do things they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you have an experienced driver next to them watching and people talk. You, they're going to. Yeah. There, there's not like, yeah, I'm going to get in a car and I'm never going to make a mistake, you know, as I get in the car. 
I, I don't know how many, you know, I've driven 40, 50 years, and my goodness, I'll, I'll look out the back, and I think I don't see anything, and I come within an inch of some other car. You know, I'm thinking, whoa, that's why they call them accidents, yeah, it, and yeah. it does happen. I remember once getting stopped for a ticket. Basically, I was daydreaming. I'm driving along, daydreaming, yep. and a cop pulls me and goes, do you know that, and I, I'm laughing when he walks up to me. <laughs> And, and he goes, what are you laughing about? The fact that I'm so stupid. I mean, honestly, I know what I was doing. I, I wasn't paying attention to anything on the road. I was just thinking about something, and here I'm going about 90 miles an hour. You know, it's oh, no. like, what do the cops say? He, he laughed and let me go. It's like, <laughs> it, you know, it, you weren't being an idiot to me. Your license is, I'm, I, my license is actually clean. You know, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not, I don't have very many infractions on. But the very truth is, I knew that I made a mistake. Yeah. You know, yeah. I wasn't paying attention for a moment. I should have tried that strategy when I told the officer that I thought he would just give me my first one free. Like, I wouldn't be able to yeah, get a ticket on my first. Yeah, it didn't work. Didn't no. work. You know what, though? I mean, just having the right expectation. Honestly, I don't care what you start to do in life. I don't care what it is. When you start something, you've never done it before, and you're going to fail at a certain degree. And what you have to do is look at the failure. Your expectation should be, okay, I've learned how not to do that. I mean, I've learned I shouldn't do that. I'm so thankful for my dad who allowed me to fail and almost encouraged me to fail in certain ways because he kept giving me things to do when I grew up at camp here growing up. For example, I'll give you an example. Uh, my dad wanted me to learn how to change the oil on the car, and I think we've talked about this before. I actually put it in the radiator, you Ooh, know, the very first time. That's, that's good. I drained the radiator, and I Ooh. put the oil in the radiator, and I, and I didn't have enough oil. So I went back and said, Dad, you need more oil. He goes, no, I gave you enough oil. Where, let, me, let me come out and see what you did. And I'm thinking, okay, Dad, well, you know, here's where I put it. And he, he just starts smiling. It's like, okay, son. You know, it, it's like, you, no, that's not where you put the oil. Yeah. You know, it's like, boom, you put it over here. Oh, Dad, did I ruin the car? No, we'll drain it. I mean, well, you know, it, it, you actually wouldn't hurt to have a little oil in your radiator anyway. You just put, you put the other stuff back in there. So, you know, it, it, there was no anger over that. Yeah. There was more of a snicker. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, son, nice try. Yeah. And you know what? You made a mistake. And, and almost probably on his part, snickering that I should have come out here. You said you knew what you were doing. You've watched me do it. You said you knew what you were doing. I trusted that you knew what you were doing. But really, you didn't know what you were doing. You were just talking. He didn't so, sell that car to a friend, did he? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> yeah. no I, I can remember, too. I backed the car one day. Uh, it, we had a station wagon in Chicago. I backed the car. For some reason, my dad felt he had to put a workbench in the garage on the back corner. Of course. And, and I backed the car, and the headlight hit the workbench, and it broke the back taillight, you know. Oh, yeah. and, and so that busted. And I go in, and my dad goes, oh, man. He, he looked at me and said, did you have the radio playing? I said, yeah, because next time you'd back in the car, once you turn the radio off. I said, why? So I can hear it? You know, bust, you know, when I, when I hit it? <laughs> well, no, it's just you can hear better. You might have heard it before you busted it, you know. You, yeah. you hit it a little hard, and it busted it. So he said, here's the money. I want you to go to the Dodge dealers at Dodge, and I want you to get the light. I want you to replace it. I, mean, I want you to do that. So I did that. About a week later, I did it again. <laughs> now he got mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's like the first time always. It, it's like, and Jason, you've been around camp here. We teach people how to do things. Yep, all the time. Drive vehicles, drive tractors, do that. Do they ever make mistakes? All the time. Do all we ever time. really get bent out of shape by that? Uh, usually not. No, not on the first not one. Not on the first one. No, no. I mean, if they, if they have a pattern of it. Right, then it becomes a different issue. It's, so there's a difference. There's a difference between launching out and doing something. If you're doing something brand new, it's good to research and try and figure it out, but the expectation shouldn't be perfection on try one. Right. So then try two, try three, try four, maybe you get better at it. And, and I tell you, if you can create an environment like that, you begin to, instead of fear, failure. Now, you guys know me. I am really not afraid to fail. I mean, I'll go try anything. Oh, yeah. But I am one that after I failed, I want to learn something from it, and I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I learned that in a healthy environment growing up, and that's, that's what we got to understand. If, if you're in an environment where failure gets punished all the time, mm -hmm. then you're going to always be afraid of failure. In fact, I think if you're afraid to fail, you can never succeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame the idea of failure as I'm – I'm so afraid that I'm not going to make my bed right. My mom won't be pleased that I won't make it. Hmm. No, make it and make it wrong and then let her help you figure out how to bounce a quarter off it or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. uh, you, you can do that differently. But don't be afraid to fail. 
Right. And it, it almost reminds me of this, the illustration that you always use, the lipstick on carpet when yeah. it comes to our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes when we have the expectation of, of this preset notion that we shouldn't fail, it sometimes keeps us from taking those steps of faith that we need to. But when we need to realize is that it's okay to fail. I mean, not in sinning. You don't wise, try and do it. but You don't try and do it, but you, you live for God and saying, all right, here's my my best. Yeah. And, and he knows and, it. And he knows it. He understands it. You and he know, still loves you. And he still loves you for it. That's right. He you knows know? you're going to back the car into the bench and he still loves right. you. And if you fail, you know, it's like, all right, get back up again. And there's an expectation like, all right, don't keep doing this, but let's work at it and learn from it and, and get better at right. it. Right. My dad you showed know? me when you did that, here's what you do to fix it. Yeah. He didn't say, you crazy kid. I'm like, no. When you do that, here's what you do to fix it. Yep. The next time I had to pay for it and fix it. Mm-hmm. First time he paid for it and I fixed it. Second time I paid for it and fixed it. And he said, you know what? You do that again and I won't let you park the car in the garage. <laughs> you know I mean? You right. need to learn from it. Right. right. You can't keep saying, okay, since everyone's going to fail, I'll just keep failing. Boom, 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 boom. That's not what failure is good for. Failure is great if you learn from it. Yep, absolutely. But if you waste it, no way. So what you're saying, Dave, is expectations. When we meet or exceed expectations, that kind of counts towards success. Oh, yeah. And when we do not meet or exceed expectations, when we don't quite get there, that would be a sign of failure. It, it would, but then you have to use that to turn it around. This I mean, is all... It, it, and so it becomes success in a way because you're, you're using it to learn and change, and that's where success eventually will come from. This is all about learning. And so we want to help you with that tonight. In the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to talk about a guy who actually is one of the Bible's most successful people, and he had a pattern of failure in his life. We're going to talk about David when we come back in the second half. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also, right now, there are live coaches standing by at HopeNet360.com. There's more to come in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at wolfriverrefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio, the second half of the show. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Go to HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And when you're there, leave us a review on whatever service you use to subscribe. Let people know what you think of the show. We'll also read it. So if you want to post some show topic ideas, we'd love to hear it from you. So that link again, hopenet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show talking about reframing success. Our last episode, at least in these, in this reframing series, I'm sure it won't be the last part of reframing that Dave or any of us will ever do on this show because I think we're always looking at things in a way that is different from our current perspective. That's what reframing is all about, breaking things down to their most simplest form and rebuilding them in a way that actually works. So when we reframe something, we're taking it, we're repurposing it, making it good as new again, and that's what we're doing tonight with the topic of success. And with that, we kind of lump in the topic of learning, how we all learn. We learn through trial and error. And one thing that happens whenever we try something, except if you're Yoda because there is no try in Yoda's language, but when you (laughs) try something, you have the opportunities to succeed. Things can go well, things can work out, and you succeed or things will fall short. And maybe whatever your science project was, it ends up blowing up in front of your face. And and all of a sudden you realize "Ah, in that moment, I just let myself down, let people down. I failed. I have failed to meet certain expectations or certain criteria. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is the more of those that go along, it seems like we tend to personalize them and we make it about us. Then we all of a sudden think, well, I fail, so I must be a failure. And I've fallen for that lie so many times. And I feel like every time that we bring up the topic of failure, I I see myself in a clear perspective that I'm uncomfortable with failure, as a lot of people are today. And some of those failures, some of the shortcomings are things that 
can only affect us for the moment. You know, say it's a grade or something in a class. Eventually, I'm going to graduate from high school. Eventually, I'm going to graduate from that that class or that program. So that failure was small in the grand scheme of it. But for some, failure is a huge thing. And one of the guys that I want to talk about in this part of the show is this guy by the name of David. Many of you guys know him. He was labeled in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. But this guy failed a lot, didn't he, Dave? Oh, man. You know what? If there was ever a, a, a guy that is a great lesson for us to look at just for life in general, it's David. And that that he was a guy that, that God always remembered as somebody he, he loved. And that's how he framed David. He was a man that was after his own heart. He was a man that you know greatly loved God. And what I found by looking at David is you can actually love God and fail him. You can love God and not be perfect. And you won't be perfect. Yeah. This does not affect God's love for you. He loves you no matter what. And if you think that love is conditional, you're going to be in trouble. And you guys are both uh, you have young kids at home. When they fail you, do you not love them anymore? I can't say I'm not disappointed, but I love them. Okay, but disappointment and not loving them are different. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, being disappointed in somebody, is it does not mean that, okay, I... I no longer want what's best for you. I no longer want to provide for you. I know, I know that's not it. Uh, See, love is a choice, and it's a choice to do what's best for somebody. It isn't a feeling. So if love is a feeling, then, yeah, you, yeah, there are times where you want to, when you're disappointed, that feeling is not all that great. You know, and that could be in anybody. It could be your spouse. It could be your, your children. It could be a friend. I mean, you, you could have the feeling of disappointment. That, that certainly could be, could be there. And, you know, sometimes it should be there, by the way. If you know somebody and they know what is right and they deliberately, intentionally choose to do what's wrong, they really need to understand that that's not good. To try and get rid of that feeling is not a good thing to do. The reason the feeling is there, it, it's really conviction. And the reason that that conviction is there is because they've done something wrong. And, the, and what they need to do is, is straighten it out. They need to say, that was wrong. I don't want to do that again. And, mm. and that's called repentance. That's, that's a change then in how they do it. But, but as far as loving, when you make a mistake, when I make a mistake, when David made a mistake in the Bible, God still loved him. He was still king. I mean, he still loved him. Was he disappointed? He was. And the Bible even tells us that he was angry at times with him. Can you be angry at somebody you love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the anger, if you're angry, Jason, at your children for something, what would make anger okay? I think it's, at least when I, when my son does things that I'm, you know, upset with, it's usually the, what he does, but I, I still love him. And it's, and I, and I realize that it's a, a training moment for him. Okay. You know. The, the anger uh, would probably um, both cause your children to shrink back a little bit, but they also get to see that something is really important to you. Right, exactly. If you waste anger, you get angry over, like, the Packer game or something. You wasted its power. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bible tells us you can be angry and sin not. Yeah. What we're talking about here is is being able to be angry about things so that people can see that this issue, whatever it is, is important enough to us to elicit a certain response. Uh, Jesus throwing people out of the temple, for example, and, and doing that kind of thing. It, it was an important enough issue to show a response to it. Now, a lot of times we're so self-centered that our anger just fly, we fly off the handle because someone to take the garbage out or, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. That isn't the response that they should see for that. So we reserve the anger for a time where we should have it. Mm-hmm. But, but we also do not want to soft soap uh, mistakes necessarily. We don't want to, to, to make mistakes something that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to do that because yep. that's just a failure. Then, because yep. then we're saying, "Go ahead and keep making mistakes." That's not it. Yeah. But but mistakes need to be used, and that's what we're talking about. And they need to be used for success. Yep. And that's why you read the Bible, and and, and I love as I read through the Bible, I see guys like David, because what God did is He gave us somebody who failed. He didn't hide it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, "You know what? This is a king that I love, and all this stuff, so everything went cool." David murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. David committed adultery and stole this guy's wife. Yeah. David counted troops when he shouldn't have done it. David uh, did, did things as a leader that God specifically said not to do. Mm-hmm. And it cost. It cost the country. It cost those families. It cost other people when he did that. But David eventually saw that he was wrong. And that's why you need to get to that point where you do not dismiss, if you want to call it guilt, in this sense, or, or the conviction, or whatever you want to call it, the shame, if you want to call it, whatever those words. Some people, I never use the word shame, whatever. Whatever it is, you need to be able to respond to it and respond to it 
to the one who actually loves you and wants what's best for you. Jason, your son does something wrong, and it's where he's intentionally done something wrong, which is the worst kind of doing something wrong. I mean, he knew, he intentionally chose to go against you. You're pretty ticked about it. Can he come to you and say, Dad, I'm sorry, and I need to learn not to do that? Yeah. And you'd be okay with that? Yeah. You would actually think that's pretty good? Yeah. Absolutely. So why would we not think that God would want to hear that from us? Yeah. Mm. I think the worst thing as a man if I'm in leadership over anybody else or anything else, um, when I was playing soccer, anything that I did, a mistake that I made that didn't come back on me but came back on somebody else, right. I often found that, that that hurt me more than almost the punishment that I would have received for that. So if mm. I got somebody into a situation where it cost them something dearly and I knew it was my fault, man, I'd feel terrible about that and I'd want to go and make it right. I, I feel like that's one of those things that as Christians, it's easy to, to try to let somebody else be the scapegoat for something else. But when God really gets a hold of your heart, you begin to see things that when they're not carried out justly or in a way that you feel like they should, in that case where David was, I think it was in First Chronicles 13 or 21 where it talked about one of the mistakes, one of the yep. many mistakes David yep. made was that he saw that it started to cost him not his own personal comfort, but the lives of guys that he was in leadership over. Right. He saw that and he's like, God, no, 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 no. Let this be on me. Let this be on my family. And I think if you're going to have a God-centered perspective on life, your failures, we have to own them. We have to know it is it is a part of life we're going to fail. We've got to own them. We can't lower our standards. We can't lower the standards that are out there, especially if you are in leadership over somebody else. And it very well could cost somebody maybe their job, their career, or even their life. I mean, there are people in position where they have the ability to put somebody in a place of danger and to either make them successful or cost them their life. That failure will live with them for so long, many, many, many years. You know, Jeff, in the next segment, I want to talk about something, and I'll just end this one with a question. Isn't it that every action that we have is going to affect other people? That's very possible. Let's talk about that because that's that's something. It's not like every action I do might affect other people. Every action I do does affect other people, and we need to understand that, and that's why we're supposed to love one another. Check out our website, HopeNet360.com. Lots of stuff going on there. Of course, Winter Jam is coming up in just a couple of weeks, so check out our website, HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at NicolayBibleInstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Also, there are live coaches available to chat. If you're going through something difficult in your life or you just need someone to talk to about life, maybe struggles, maybe choices that you're facing in life and you're not sure which direction to go. If you're just looking for someone just to listen to you, to encourage you, and maybe share some of their perspective, a live coach is a great option for you at HopeNet360.com. So, Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight on the show. Guys, this has been a great conversation, a fun topic, a heavy topic, because this is something that I think every single one of us in some way is going to relate to. And of course, my experience is going to be different from your experiences, but all of us have both felt successes in life and have also felt the pain and the weight of failure. And some of that has to do with regret, feeling that you could have done something different and you didn't and you either you knew about it or you learned from it. And I think that's something that every one of us has to live with. But Dave, you said something interesting in the break and I'm just, I'm interested in your thoughts. What is one of the things that you think people fail to understand about failure and even success? You know, I think, I think what we need to do is actually build a, an atmosphere at our homes where we understand that, that everything that we do affects other people. You know, everything we do. If, if I'm going to be one who could care less about eating right and I eat sloppy and my health gets bad, when my health gets bad, it affects those who love me. We've talked about this before where, uh, you know, when you harm yourself or do something else, you think, well, I'm just doing it to me. No, you're not. You're doing it to everybody who loves you. No matter what your action is, it affects other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really simple in, in a way because God said when he was asked what, what this is about, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And later he says, what that means is obey God and then love each other. So what I get to do is realize that that my life is not about Dave Wager. 
my life is about making, in this case, uh, your guys' lives, you know, um, uh, Jason and Jeff, your life the best it can be. That's what it should be about. So I want to come to the radio time together, and I want to be prepared, and I want to be ready, and I want to, why? Because I want to make this the best it can be. Because it does affect you, and it does affect the people that listen to us. And I was re- recently talking to a young person, and they, and God's using them in a really neat way. And I said, you know what? You really need to protect your quiet time. They don't like being alone. I said, you really need to protect your quiet time. Why? Because it's there where you get your strength, where you meet with God, so that you can help others. Mm-hmm. Because your quiet time is going to affect others. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I think we forget, is that the things in our life do affect other people. The habits yeah. that we have, you're not really doing anything that doesn't affect somebody else. And so that also allows you to be very gracious to other people because you realize, man, my life has affected you. Your life, you're, you're gracious. In that yeah. Guys, I asked a, a question, a couple of questions on Facebook a few weeks, a couple of weeks back. And I asked first, one of the questions was, what's the worst part about failing? Not that it's necessarily like getting an F on your report card, but it could be. But think more or less getting in an accident or missing a field goal to win a big game, kind of like we saw a couple weeks ago. And uh, to the contrary, what is the best part of success? And Jason, I'm kind of wondering, to you, what's the worst part about failing? And what's then the best part about success? In my mind, for me, when, when it comes to failure, it, it's it's more or less. And it's tied with knowing that my failures impact other people. So it's knowing that I've disappointed other people. And I think that's the worst part about about failure. Um, but then in that, it's realizing that, you know, there that there's a learning process because I'm all about, you know, kind of like what Dave said earlier in the program is, you know, I like to learn a lot um, and I don't want to try to do the same thing again. And so there's that, for me, there's that sweet moment in failure, which is kind of ironic where I can actually learn from it, you know? And so it's, it's kind of looking at the upside of failure as well. So it's, you know, it's kind of a process. You realize, all right, I screwed up, but then I can also learn from it. But since you don't want to disappoint others, do you hide it from them then when you fail? No, not at all. Okay, see, that's the atmosphere I'm talking about. Absolutely. You know, because I think a lot of times when we do fail, there's people around us that can help us so that we don't have to fail again. And realizing that, you know what, maybe the area I failed in, maybe Dave, you used to fail. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and that's the cool thing about doing this together is that things that we face in life isn't brand new. No. You know, and, and the same thing with temptation. I mean, even if you bring it over on the sin side of things, you know, the the sins that you struggle with aren't just unique to you. You know, but the the lies that we often listen to from Satan are, are those things. So going back to the second part of your question, which I can't remember. Best um, part about success. Oh, yeah. And the best part about success is is realizing that, you know, I, I've, I've learned and I've grown through that process, you know, and so then it's moving on to the next thing. You know, as I talk with young people, even about living for God, it's it's learning from our failures and then even learning from our successes, realizing, all right, God, I think I got my handle on this. What's the next thing that I need to work on? And it's this constant process, you know, and, and it's using those. And, and then with our successes, coming alongside of other people and saying, hey, I see that you're doing this. Here's what I've learned, right? you know, and let me help you. And so then it's using our successes f- to help others, yeah. which goes along with what with, with Dave was just talking about, how, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not about us. Right. It's you know, about being able to encourage other people as well. What were you going to say there, Jeff? Yeah, the interesting thing about both success and failure, I think one of the hard parts about that is we tie people's approval to that. Yeah. You know, nobody puts their failures on their resume, do they? I mean, they always highlight their successes, yep. their wins, yep. if you will. And like any Super Bowl champion, they're going to put Super Bowl champion on their Twitter account when they win the Super Bowl, you know? Right. So it's not that they put, you know, first round uh, wild card, yes. you know, loser. Right. I'm the one that. that missed the field goal. Yeah. They, you, don't, you don't highlight those things, and yet they are a part of our life, right? Absolutely. So in a way, we like to look at the successes more than we do the failures. Everybody would do that. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be crazy not to. Yeah. But at the same point, we do tie people's approval to whether we succeed or fail and, and how we're seen, how we're viewed. Right. And, and it's understanding the process too because if i were to fail in something you know and and i go to dave and share that with him there might be part of him that's disappointed but the bigger part is that he loves me and he wants to help me and he wants to help me succeed again and so we need to not be afraid of even the disappointment side of things because that's that's just part of the you're talking you about atmosphere again though. yeah i mean it, it, and really that's what it's about is setting a realistic atmosphere yeah. yeah i mean you want to set it you know i think the greatest part of success is being able to share it yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if no. you're really successful, let's say you were the best in the world at something. You go home and go, I'm the best, and nobody's there. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's pretty empty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. the best part is being able to share it. I remember I got voted number one player at my position in Division Three in my junior year. And, and I got the award. And my roommate was not into sports that much, and a dear friend of mine. And I come back, and I show him the plank. And, hey, look, I got, I got this. He goes, that's nice. You want to go get a Coke? <laughs> Threw it on a bed. We went and get a Coke. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he didn't care. Yeah. yeah. He, he wanted a Coke or something. So it's like, you know what? Hey, to this day, I don't know where that stupid award is because it didn't <laughs> seem like nobody anybody cared. Right. And, and what good is success if you can't share it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, this is what happened. You know, it's like I want you to go, hey, cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's a part of sharing it. But if you go, yeah. so? like okay i'm done <laughs> i gotta do something else yeah, yeah but sharing success my goodness and that's where i think we've gone off base because some people try and make children successful because they walk across the room and don't trip and stuff and that's that's not what we're talking about we're talking about really success right and then what good is it if it's by yourself if you look at it we're, we keep framing this thing with atmosphere 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 mm. and and success is is done in, a, in an atmosphere yeah and failure should be done in an atmosphere where it can be used for success a couple of you guys commented in on that post as well, some of the questions that I asked. Garrett said, the worst part of failure is knowing that you messed up and how hard it is to get back up and move on from your failure. But the best part of success, in his opinion, is the sense of completion and moving on to the next level. Curtis responded, the worst part is realizing the way that you learned valuable lessons due to the failures. The best part to success is that all of your failures helped shape it for you. And Ben chimed in with a really neat comment, too. He said, the worst part about failing for me is letting yourself and the people that believed in you most down. The best part of success is the flip side of that, proving yourself and the people that believed in you most correct and the feelings that are accompanied with that. I always found it very strange when athletes say their biggest motivation is proving their doubters wrong. I couldn't care less about my doubters. Why should that get any of my attention or energy? Proving them right stinks, but letting people down that really believed in you and supported you is a way worse feeling than that. And I thought that was really brilliant. A couple others had commented in some of the same sorts of things, too. It's just letting people down in that process. What do you think? What's the worst part about the failure that you've experienced in your life? And the other way, the opposite, what's the best part of success? We want to hear from you. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And this conversation will continue here on Hope Dance radio love hope net radio stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com this is hope net radio connect with us on facebook and twitter hashtag hnr now back to jeff and dave hey welcome back to the show wrapping things up tonight but not too quickly here we got a lot of things to cover on our topic tonight about reframing success and in that learning and failure, failure comes with it, unfortunately, in life. We all deal with it. We all have experienced it. So what do we do with failure? What do we do with these experiences that we have in our life? In some ways, they went well for us. In some ways, they didn't go well for us. We have Bible examples. If you want to check out the stories of David and some of his shortcomings, check out the whole book of First Chronicles. It talks a lot about David, his experiences, some of his shortcomings there, and particularly chapter 13 and chapter 21. Those have two that I think are pretty significant ones. We'll include those into our show notes tonight as well at hopenet360.com. So, Dave, Jason, you guys, this has been a deep conversation. Uh, lots of fun. You can talk about failures. We get to all kind of laugh at our mistakes now that they're past and they're no longer as maybe as painful as they once were. But in going through them, you know, we learn through our mistakes. We learn through our failures, our shortcomings. When we realize that our plans let us down, we have to learn from that and, and, and we need to do something that's constructive. I think if we continue to focus on our failures and our mistakes, it helps us to commit more things that will end up in mistakes in the future. We don't want to do that with the rest of our lives, do we? Yeah. You know, I think what you have to do is, is live in the real world where, where you realize that when you're doing something new, you're probably going to make a mistake. But it's not that you intentionally do that. If you're intentionally ignoring people that know what they're doing, if you're intentionally going against sound advice from people who have already succeeded at something and you fail, well, man, there's not much help for you then because you're going to keep intentionally doing that. If you, In other words, if you're going to go beat your head on a rock and you don't want a headache, that's not going to happen. You're going to get a headache. And if you go, well, you know, they said failure is okay. No, this is stupid right now. I mean, that, that got to the point where this isn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. So so in one area, it's like, okay, what I need to do is realize what caused my failure. If, if your failure was there just because of, I'm using this word in a good way, ignorance, you just didn't know better and you tried something and it, it failed. 
I have a term for that around my house. So when I say it, my wife gets real, not real upset, but she'll look at me like, oh no, it's, that ain't good. I mean, if, if all of a sudden she hears me mutter that somewhere, <laughs> she knows that I was doing something and I was trying something and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it just ended up going, that ain't good. And my kids, same thing. They, they, they hear that phrase and they go, dad just did something. And I mean, and it didn't work. We hope the house doesn't blow up or whatever that might be at this point. It's okay to try something. That's okay. But it's, it's smart to actually ask somebody who's gone before you. That's what's so precious about the Bible and God. He's in the future already, is to go and consult and see and learn from the mistakes of others mm-hmm. and, and minimize. The goal is to minimize the mistakes. Yeah. But, but don't let mistakes paralyze you. And that's what I would say. That's how you... you course correct there Mm -hmm. try and realize is this mistake because i'm just stubborn or is this mistake just learning curve or do i not try things because i'm afraid to make mistakes have i been in the bible and read you know what people have done have i adjusted my life according to what i've seen do i have mentors in my life that can help me in this that that's how you can start getting on the right course and then if you're older set the atmosphere so that young people can succeed and when they fail help them figure out how to do it right yeah and i definitely want to highlight one of the things you said there at the end is, is have people in your life that can help you Along the way, I mean, you even look at David, you know, he screwed up and it took somebody approaching him until he was finally willing to say, man, I did screw up. And I think that sometimes there's situations in our lives that we know we failed, but we're not willing to admit that we failed. Right. And so we need somebody that cares for us, not just anybody, but somebody that's willing to, to come alongside of you and help you through that process, you know, kind of going back to that atmosphere. But Absolutely. then that can help you see that because there are things that we might not see because of sin, that we've been blinded to because of sin, because we have to realize that, you know, just as as Scripture says, sometimes our heart is the most deceitful thing. And so we need to have those godly people that we've put in our lives that we can look up to and learn from and that can mentor us along that journey. Um, That way, when we do face failure, we can learn from it and grow from it and, and succeed and help others in the same way. I mean, that's all part of being part of the relational being that God has created us to be so we could do it in community um, together, striving to become more like Jesus. Right. So I that's, encourage you to be a part of a church you know, absolutely. And, and that teaches the Bible and be a part of a, a, a family that, that does that. Yeah, because if, if you don't have that community, then failure will just drown you yeah. because you won't have any way to get out or any hope of, of, of succeeding. I had some friends comment in as well on the question that I posed of, of when I'm failing and when I'm successful. So I put the statements in there. You guys filled in the blanks for us. I said, I'm failing when blank or I'm successful when blank. And Lisa commented and said, I am failing when I lose sight of eternal perspective and fall into negativity instead of reflecting on the blessings I have each day. And she's successful when she chooses joy in small amounts amidst the struggles and pain of terminal cancer. Wow. Jesse said, I am failing when I give up. I'm successful when I keep putting one foot in front of the other and stop looking back. Anthony commented in and said, I'm failing when I am proud. I'm successful when I'm humble. Now, that's interesting. That's a character mark. Humility and pride, those things communicate something about not just the things I do, but really at the core of my being and who I am. I think that's also important, Dave, is to know that deep down inside, my intents also matter just as much as my actions do. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it, we are here to do a couple things, and God God made it simple. I'm, I'm really here to love God, to know him to actually obey him because he loves me. And if I listen to him, it'll work out. And the second thing is to help my friends and my family do the same thing and to make them successful the best I can. And that's not pretending that we're, we're not people. It's understanding that we are. And we watch each other carefully for, for the sake of helping each other, mm-hmm. not for the sake of judging each other. And, and it's, you know, sometimes we stop people from helping us because we say, are you judging me? Whatever it might be. Now, you know, set an atmosphere where growth is possible and where success is celebrated and failure is nothing more than a step to success in the future. Unless, of course, there's a character issue there where you're intentionally going against uh, the sound advisor, intentionally going against God, intentionally going against the Bible. Well, there's nothing we can do to minimize that failure. There's mm-hmm. no way to even use that failure unless you understand repentance. And we encourage you, get into First Chronicles 13 and First Chronicles 21 and and see that David, and, and see the struggle he went through, but eventually he came to where he realized, God, I, I intentionally did wrong here. I am wrong. It affected other people, and he got back on track. And that's the beauty of a real relationship. You can get back on track. 
and, and you should be able to get back on track. First John 1 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God is not a, somebody waiting in heaven to strike you down. In fact, it's the opposite. He wants to give you the life that he created you to have. You just need to come to him and let him work it out in you. Margo says, I am failing when I try to do it on my own. I am successful when God works through me. And Crystal, I love this one from Crystal. Crystal says, I am failing when I am filled with fear. I am successful when I trust God. 85% of fear is false. I would probably say it's probably more than that, but I'll go with that. Lies of the enemy. That's so true. We live in fear and oftentimes fear of failing. And just like Dave said, we need to provide an atmosphere and we need to surround ourselves with people that allow us to fail. And so that may be some of the friends you have now, but it also might mean that you have to let go of some of the friends because they're not quite ready for you to fail. They're not sure how to respond when you fail. It's important to surround yourself with people that are older than you, smarter than you, and that love you, and especially those who love God. And like it, we need to actually go to God, know that he loves us, he's smarter than us, he's older than us, and we can trust him. We know that he has set us with examples. He has shown us guys like David, and I would say Samson. Every single major character in the Bible has had some kind of failure in their life, and they've grown through it. God can use us in spite of our failures. Read through Romans 7 and 8, where it really talks about that life, where we try to do things our way, we try to do things, we fail, we try again, we fail again, and yet God is sovereign. God can use us in spite of our shortcomings. And that's the message of hope tonight. I want to encourage you to go and chat with the live coach anytime at hopenet360.com, especially this week. And you're dealing with something, you're listening to this show and you're like, man, I have so many failures. How do I work through some of this stuff? Check out our live coaches at hopenet360.com. Also, tonight's show notes are there. So check those out as well. I've got a video from Steve Harvey on what it means to jump. You're going to want to check it out. I'm not going to tell you about it, spoil it for you, but it's a great video. Check it out in our show notes. Also, our podcast, is available at hopenet360.com slash podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And we hope that you would share the show with your friends because every single one of us in some way, shape, or form is going to fail. But what we do from it is all that matters. And if we learn from it, that's awesome. God can use it in spite of our weaknesses. Check it out. It's all there at hopenet360.com. For all of us here on the show, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Later. Thank you.